Former Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer has been reinstated and DFA'd by the Dodgers. Today, we're going to look at the pros and cons of signing him and whether or not this Cardinals team should be interested or just stay away. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now, during this offseason, we've repeatedly highlighted that the Cardinals need to find some help at the top of the rotation. They've got a solid staff, okay? Let's be honest. It's a good one. You've got the ageless wonder, Adam Wainwright taking one more lap around the league at a fantastic year in 2022 until September. He unfortunately had issues in the final month, as did a lot of the team's top players, and the season ended on a sour note. He's going to retire at the end of the year. He'll be gone. You've got all-star Miles Michaelis, who, when healthy, has been a solid starter, definitely one of the most underappreciated players on this team. Speaking for myself, I mean, coming into this last season, I had no faith in Miles Michaelis whatsoever. I just thought he was going to get hurt again, and he went and proved me wrong and probably proved a lot of people wrong. I can't imagine I was the only guy who felt that way. But he makes the all-star team for the second time in a Cardinal uniform ERA under 3.30. He'll be pitching for a new contract next year. Jordan Montgomery, big left-hander, 6'6", 228 pounds. He goes 6'3", uh, six and three, I should say, with an ERA of 3.11 and 11 starts with the team. Solid strikeouts per nine at 8.0, but he struggled late. Again, so did a lot of people. September wasn't the greatest month for the Cardinals. We know October wasn't much fun either, uh, but he's also pitching for his next contract. Steven Matz, tough first year with the team due to injuries, but when healthy, was throwing pretty good. Uh, has more swing and miss stuff than uh, Wayne O'Michaelis or Montgomery have. And that's a valuable commodity. It's something that this team is looking for. His strikeouts per nine last year were 10.1, which if he'd had enough innings to qualify, would have tied him for 10th overall in all of baseball. He would have been ahead of guys like Luis Castillo, AL Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander, NL Cy Young Award winner Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, Shane Bieber, Pablo Lopez, a lot of names that Cardinal fans want on this team. He's ahead of all of them. The leader this year, in case you're wondering, Carlos Rodon, who was somebody we all wanted as well. He uh, had a 12.0 strikeouts per nine, in case you were wondering. Um, Matt's in his career, per nine, 8.7 strikeouts. So he was up a bit this past year. And again, it was, it, it could have been an anomaly. Uh, we've also got the small sample size. So it's not like he, you know, threw 150 innings or something, but you know, it was just something that was interesting going through the stats and stuff that I wanted to point out that Steven Matz wasn't so bad last year. It just, he didn't get to pitch enough because he kept getting hurt. 
And then you've got the biggest wild card of them all this year, at least in my opinion, and that's Jack Flaherty, the former first-round pick and ace of the staff. He's battled injuries the last couple of years, plus with the pandemic, he's been limited to just 32 starts since 2020. He's in the final year of his current deal. A lot of people don't think he's going to re-sign with the Cardinals. So he's pitching for his next contract, and whether it's with St. Louis or with another team, if he wants to maximize his worth, He's going to need a very good season, prove that he's healthy, and throw, you know, the way he did a couple of years ago. I mean, if he's anywhere near what he was before the injuries began in 2021, then that's a huge boost to this team. And then you've got guys like Dakota Hudson and Zach Thompson, Andre Pallante, Jake Woodford, who are on the squad that can be, you know, the, the phrase we're learning is a, a very popular one, the swing man. In this rotation, they can be, you know, a long relief guy. They can be that sixth guy in the rotation. They can fill in for a starter if an injury occurs, which is likely considering how things have gone for the Cardinals rotation over the last couple of years. But the Cardinals, as of right now, they don't have a dominant ace, right? They don't have that that go-to number one guy, which most World Series championship teams, and some of them have two of these type of guys. All right, even better, right? Which is why in today's episode, we're going to take a long, hard look at former Cy Young Award winner, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is a lightning rod for controversy, right? Um, there are people that love this guy and think he's fantastic. There are a lot of people out there that do not like this guy and think he's not a great person. We're going to talk about both sides of it on the field. You know, what is he actually worth on the field? And of course, you got to talk about all the things that have happened with him off the field because they go hand in hand. You got to, you got to, you can't just separate them and go one or the other because they combine to give you the one person. And that is who you have to sign if you want to take in Trevor Bauer. So let's go through this. Okay. LA DFA'd him on January 6th. All right. And as of this recording, Bauer has not been traded to anyone by the Dodgers who have until uh, January 13th, so Friday, to trade him or they release him. Um, I don't think there's going to be anybody who trades for him since the Dodgers aren't going to keep him, so they might as well just uh, you know wait till the Dodgers release him, and then they can make a bid on him, basically. Uh, I ran a poll on our Twitter account, the, uh, the Locked on Cardinals account, and to be honest, I was a bit surprised by the results. I asked, would you consider... Or would you continue? I'm sorry. Would you continue to support the Cardinals if they signed Trevor Bauer? There were two choices. You have yes, we need an ace, and no, he's too much baggage. 63.3% of the vote went to yes, we need an ace. And now looking back on the question itself, maybe I should have reworded it and said it in a different way, something more like, do you think it's a good idea for the Cardinals to try to acquire Trevor Bauer instead of asking if someone would like, you know, just all of a sudden stop supporting the Cardinals altogether. Um, so that's got, that's a mistake on my part. I'll, uh, you know, I, I screwed up there because if you love a franchise, like we love the Cardinals, you'll put up with just about anything they do besides, you know, selling the team and moving them like the Rams and the football Cardinals before them. You know, we've been scorned by the NFL in St. Louis. So that, you know, those are different circumstances. And um, I've also been repeatedly asked uh, through Twitter, on YouTube on whether I think the Cardinals would try to acquire Trevor Bauer, if it's something that I think they would do. And I've repeatedly responded, does does this seem like a St. Louis Cardinals type of move to go after Trevor Bauer? Because I don't think it sounds like something they do at all. I, I really don't. But to appease 
not only your curiosity as people who have been asking me uh, about this, but also my own. I thought I, I could uh, take an episode to kind of break down the pros and cons of signing the 2020 NL Cy Young Award winner. So we're going to jump into all of it next here on Locked on Cardinals. First, though, let's talk about Bet Online. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all sports betting information. You've got the stats, you've got the news, you've got the analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to basketball, hockey. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Who's excited about it? I mean, I'm bummed because my Green Bay Packers uh, – What's a good way to say it? Oh, poop the bed and uh, lost to the Lions in their last game. So they're not going to be in it. But uh, this Saturday, NFC West battle in the first game on Saturday with the Seahawks at the 49ers of San Francisco, nine and a half point favorites. Brock Purdy at quarterback. But what a talented group that is in San Francisco. Uh, the second game that day, it's the Chargers at the Jaguars. The Jaguars last year, such a mess. And, uh, end up putting a, a nice run together, make the playoffs. Chargers are two-point favorites on the road in Jacksonville, but my 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 guys, my, my friends and stuff, when we talk about the NFL, like we all were in agreement that Jacksonville is not somebody I want to play right now. I really don't. And that Chargers team's got so much talent, you know, uh, especially, you know, Austin Eckler, who fantasy-wise just dominated this year. So, um should be some interesting games, and that's how the NFL playoffs go. So uh, they're the easiest and fastest way to get your betting info by going to betonline.net. So head to the website today. You can also use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to look, to uh, check out Locked on MLB Prospects as well. Our buddy, host Lindsey Crosby, is a uh, prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, so be sure to check that out uh, if you can get a chance to. Now, Trevor Bauer has been a very good pitcher, right? The, that is undeniable. He's been a very good pitcher at almost every stop that he's played at leading up to the major leagues. Like if you go back to his college days, which is when I remember first seeing him on TV, uh, dominant playing for UCLA 2009 national freshman of the year. He goes nine and three, 92 strikeouts and 20 appearances. Remember it's, uh, it was him and Garrett Cole on UCLA. They were the aces on that 2010 team. They lost in the finals to South Carolina that year. He goes 12 and three with the 3.02 ERA leads the nation in strikeouts with 165 2011. He's even better. He goes 13 and two 1.25 ERA 203 strikeouts and 16 starts and 10 complete games. He was the golden spikes winner, national pitcher of the year winner, the pac 10 pitcher of the year. And, in all honesty, that year in 2011, he was a far better pitcher than Garrett Cole was in college. Garrett Cole went 6-8 and eight with a 3.31 ERA. But when it came to the draft, Garrett Cole was the guy people wanted. He goes number one overall to the Pirates, while the Diamondbacks take Bauer at number three. And I'm sure many of you have heard the different stories about the competitive rivalry, I guess we'll call that, between Bauer and Cole. Uh, it's been well documented that... Trevor Bauer, the, the person, the personality of Trevor Bauer, it's not for everybody. It's not. And there's dozens and dozens of stories online that you can read up on talking about how he's just he's a little bit different than everybody else. He likes to do things his way. And that was something that apparently got him shipped out of Arizona when he made it to the major leagues and got traded to Cleveland. Um, you know, he does things to um, to a different beat. 
than the rest of the team. You know, uh, there was a story about him in college at UCLA where uh, as far as workouts went, as far as, you know, doing, you know, the normal stuff, like as a former college ball player, you know, you do everything with the team. You know, the, the pitchers go off and they do have, they have their workouts together. We do our running together, all of it. Everything was together. Trevor Bauer wasn't like that. He liked to do his own stuff and apparently was given uh, the opportunity to do everything on his own as long as the results while on the mound and on the field continued. The, the, the manager said, yeah, yeah, you go do your own thing. And that, you know, alienates him from the rest of the group. So that's part of the reasons why they didn't get along at UCLA. Um, into the major leagues in 2012, Bauer was the team's number one prospect for Cleveland, uh, not, or not Cleveland, uh, for Arizona. He was the ninth overall prospect in baseball, and he was having an outstanding year in the minors before he got called up. He pitched four games for the D-backs, goes one and two, ERA over six, gets sent back down. And then in December, he's part of a three-team trade. The Diamondbacks get rid of him. Uh, it's a, a trade with uh, Arizona, Cleveland, and uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Bauer. Fellow Diamondbacks pitcher Matt Albers and Brian Shaw and Reds outfielder Drew Stubbs go to Cleveland, who in return sent Shinsu Chu and Jason Donald to Cincinnati. And then Tony Sipp and Lars Anderson go to Arizona. The Reds also traded their shortstop prospect, Didi Gregorius, to the Diamondbacks as well. Now, after the trade, Bauer's former battery mate, Miguel Montero, from the Diamondbacks revealed that he had struggled to catch for the young pitcher. Montero indicated that Bauer ignored his pitch calling and would tell Montero how to do his job. Diamondbacks president Eric Hall told reporters that Bauer had a really tough year with Arizona and that he had apologized for his attitude to several veteran players. In this instance, it appears, at least to me, that his talent on the field wasn't enough to outweigh whatever was going on off the field. So the Diamondbacks made the move while his stock was still high and made a trade. Um, again, veteran catcher. Young pitcher who's used to doing things on his own, doesn't want to do what everybody else wants him to do. Is like, look, I'm good the way I am. Just let me do my stuff. That doesn't normally fly when you go into another clubhouse or another locker room in any sport. And you come in and say, we're going to do it my way. I don't care what you say. That's going to rub people the wrong way, right? In the Cleveland organization, he struggles with his mechanics and his command the first couple of seasons. But by 2016, was a main cog in their rotation. Goes 12 and 8 that year. And then came the next off the field issue. If that's what we're going to say, the stuff with Montero was he's supposed to start game two of the ALCS against Toronto, but he slices the pinky on his pitching hand while trying to repair a homemade drone and it requires stitches. He starts game three instead and lasts just 21 pitches in the game before the wound busts open again. And if you go to the replay of this, um, I, I can put the video in the link, uh, on YouTube. If you want, uh, down in the, uh, I'll put that in the uh, the the info section there, but dude, blood is just dripping down off his hand. It's all over his pants. He's wiping it on his jersey, and I'll give Bauer credit in this situation. He tries to keep throwing. He's definitely a competitor. Uh, that is something you cannot deny about Trevor Bauer. But you're not allowed to use band aids on your pitching hand. You can't do that. Can't have like discoloration on your hand uh, when you're throwing. It's one of the rules. So. It just kept gushing blood, and he eventually had to be pulled from the game. Clearly, he's not thrilled about that. His team's not thrilled about it, but he tried. He tried, but, you know, the the, the wound, trying to, you know, <laughs> he's trying to fix a homemade drone, and that, that happened. And Cardinal fans, we understand weird playoff injuries, don't we? Because, uh, you know, we just dealt one with Ryan Helsley getting hurt, not 
fixing a homemade drone or anything, but at the same time, you know, hurts his pinky and uh, or hurts his finger uh, in Pittsburgh. How about the speaking of slicing hands, Mike Matheny? Remember that one year he gets a a knife as as a gift and cuts his hand and can't and can't play in the playoffs that year. Can't catch. Um, Bauer returns to the World Series against the club uh, against the Cubs, but he loses in both games two and five. Cubs take the series. He struggles early on the next season, but then his second half, it's outstanding. He goes uh, 17 and nine that year. 2018, he goes 12 and six, has a 2.21 ERA, makes his first All Star game, finishes sixth in the Cy Young voting despite missing some time due to a stress fracture in his leg after he got hit by a line drive in August. Okay, nothing you can do about that. 2019, gets off to another good start, goes four and one in April, but then he injures his ankle, which then leads him to altering his stance, which leads to back spasm. Ends up having a, a brutal May. Brutal May. He goes 0-4. ZRA is over 5. This is also when we get another incident. This time it's on the field. Went on July 28th after struggling and allowing seven runs in five innings against the Kansas City Royals. Bauer becomes frustrated and throws a ball over the center field fence at Kauffman Stadium. And I think a lot of you remember that video footage. I'll put that down below as well. Um Manager Terry Francona comes out at the time who was, who was going to pull Bauer from the game, um, became angry with the gesture, and uh, Bauer apologized. You know, he uh, he apologized after the game, calling the incident childish, called it unprofessional, and said it had nothing to do with anyone but himself, and that he was angry with himself, not not anyone else. He wasn't trying to show up his manager. He's not trying to show up any of the players or anything like that. That wasn't the case. He he goes into he explains this on a video. Uh, on his, on YouTube, but this was the last time he pitches for Cleveland. Okay, because three days later he gets traded to Cincinnati, and another three team trade that included the Padres goes to the Reds. Doesn't do well there either. Two and five ERA over six and ten starts. So the next season is the COVID shortened season. All right, and we had seen Bauer be dominant in spurts before. Okay, you, you know you'd see it like he'd have a really good month and then he'd have a really bad month. But never for a whole seed. You never saw him just consistently just awesome over the whole year. So this COVID-shortened season, it, it kind of works out for Bauer because he goes 5-4, and four, but his ERA is at 1.73. He strikes out 100 hitters over 73 innings. His uh, strikeouts per nine, a whopping 12.3. You know, sick stuff. He wins the NL Cy Young Award, but there's controversy there as well. This is when you start hearing about the accusations of using a foreign substance to increase the spin rate. And again, Trevor Bauer is not the only one that came up when all of this stuff started happening. You know, it wasn't just him, but he was one of the guys who would actually talk about it. And he was very honest. He spoke to HBO's Real Sports with Brian Gumble about the use of pine tar and other foreign substances. And he estimated that 70% of the pitchers in the league use some sort of technically illegal substance on the ball. MLB began investigating the use of such substances during the 2021 season, and The Athletic reported at the start of April that some of Bauer's game balls had been removed for inspection after sources claimed that the balls were sticky to the touch and with visible markings on them. Speculation that Bauer had been using grip-enhancing substances increased after the spin rate on his fastball dropped by more than 200 RPM following an announcement from MLB that the league would begin enforcing their rules on pitch doctoring. Despite the speculation, no conclusive evidence has determined that Bauer had been using grip-enhancing substances. Never proven that he did, but a lot of pitchers were doing it at the time. Again, it wasn't just Bauer, okay? You've heard this stuff about Garrett Cole before. 
it's something that was a problem in the game. And Trevor Bauer was somebody who would speak up about it, saying that a lot of people are doing this. Like, I, you know, never admitted that he was doing it, but just saying that there was a good amount of people out there that were actually doing this already. So MLB implements the new stuff. You know, you know they have to take their hats off. Remember how upset Max Scherzer got basically stripped down after he got checked like three times when these rules came in? Like, it was a little bit chaotic. They still check them to this day. But if you watch them come off the field, the pitchers are like here and the umpire just goes and then they move on. It's not like, you know, patting them down like it seemed like what they were doing before. So after his Cy Young season, he becomes a free agent. You know, he says, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go out and make some money. You know, he's uh, he's earned it. He's a Cy Young Award winner. He uh, turns down the uh, one year offer from the uh, from the Reds, becomes a free agent, signs in Los Angeles. And that's where he gets suspended. That's where things get really out of hand for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. And we're going to talk about that more coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. So after being courted by teams in the offseason, it comes down to the New York Mets and the L.A. Dodgers for Trevor Bauer to decide. And he decides he's going to go home. He's from North Hollywood, decides I'm going to go to L.A., signs a three-year, $102 million deal. He makes 17 starts for the team. He goes 8-5. and five. He's got an ERA of 2.59. 11 and a half strikeouts per nine. So top tier, top tier stuff. And remember, this is after they're checking people for all of, you know, the sit, sticky substances on their hands. You know, that that's a thing that's in place now. Then on June 30th, the Pasadena Police Department confirms to news outlets that Bauer was under investigation for the alleged assault of a San Diego woman that May. The woman was granted a temporary domestic violence restraining order on June 28th, alleging that she had met Bauer on April 21st and that she had been physically and sexually assaulted by him on two separate occasions. This is going to sound graphic, just a warning. The woman alleged that Bauer had sodomized her without consent, punched her in the face, and choked her to the point of unconsciousness. MLB placed Bauer on administrative leave on July 2nd, Bauer had acknowledged having sexual contact with his accuser, but has stated that their encounters were wholly consensual. On August 20th, the temporary restraining order against Bauer was removed after a judge determined that Bauer did not pose a threat to the woman's immediate safety. On February 8th of 2022, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office announced they would not be filing any criminal charges against Bauer related to these incidents, citing a lack of evidence. OK, that's that's a huge deal. Now, while Bauer was under investigation in 2021, the Washington Post uncovered court records showing that a separate woman from Ohio had sought a temporary order of protection in June of 2020. Police reports indicated that the woman had accused Bauer of physical assault in 2017 and that she had sought an order of protection after receiving death threats from the pitcher. Bauer denied these additional allegations and further alleged that he had been harassed and physically assaulted by the Ohio woman. During MLB's investigations, a third accuser came forward who alleged abuse during his time with Cleveland. All three of them had similar stories. In Bauer's defense, he did file a lawsuit against the San Diego woman and one of her attorneys claiming she had plotted to set him up in hopes of receiving a financial settlement. The other Ohio woman sought a protection order against Bauer in 2020, but later dismissed it after Bauer's attorneys threatened legal action that, according to the Washington, that all according to the Washington Post. After she made her allegations public, Bauer claimed she was also trying to extort him for money. So to the baseball side of things, Trevor Bauer's initial 324-game suspension for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy got reduced. 
got reduced to 194 games by an independent arbitrator who also reinstated him. Now, Bauer has served 140-40 games of the suspension. Despite the reduction, Bauer's suspension still stands as the longest in the seven-plus years of a domestic violence policy that was jointly agreed to by MLB and the MLB Players Association back in 2015. So that's a lot. I can, you know, There's more to all of this that we could go into. I, I've got just a limited amount of time here. It's not like I can sit here and read all this stuff for you over and over and over. But there are some things that are true here. It is true. That Bauer has never gone to jail for any of these things, right? He hasn't. He's never been convicted of any of this stuff either. I want the Cardinals to win as much as anybody. I do, you know? And there are moments where I'm like, let's pull out all the steps. You got to go all in. But when it comes to this, when it comes to perhaps signing Trevor Bauer, I just feel that there are a there are better ways to go about accomplishing the goal of winning a world championship than signing Trevor Bauer. Who, and let's be honest, we don't even know how good he is right now. We don't even know if he's capable of being that same pitcher you saw in 2020. And I'll be completely honest with you. I watch his videos on YouTube. Okay. He actually puts out some pretty good material uh, on his YouTube, on his Instagram, his baseball insight off the charts. Like, he knows a lot of stuff. His workouts, uh, his interaction with his crew at his gym and stuff, uh, it's all very insightful. It's very entertaining. Uh, I think if you are a, a fan of baseball, you should go check out some of these videos because he talks about a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to the game of baseball and on-the-field stuff. But it's the off-the-field stuff that I, I, I it's hard for me to, you know, not look at that. Like, it's very difficult. Uh, I, I just don't think bringing somebody who's had these these problems and issues with other players on his teams throughout his career, going all the way back to high school, like there's things you can read about where he didn't get along with teammates back then, uh, that he dealt with bullying and stuff like that back then. I mean, there's a, a lot of these stories out there bringing him onto this team just doesn't feel like the answer. It, it just feels wrong to me. And my instinct is to just stay away. It's to stay away. Just don't deal with it. Okay. Uh, I, I, that's just my instinct. And I saw that Randy Carricker from one one ESPN also posted a poll about Bauer and whether or not the Cardinals should sign him. And there was like almost 6,000 votes on this thing. And it was basically a 50, 50 split. And everyone's allowed to have their own opinion on the matter. Obviously, I it just for me, it just doesn't sound like a sound organizational move. Okay. And there it, he might go on and have a wonderful career the rest of the way. It's it's a possibility, you know. Do I think Bauer deserves to never pitch again? No, I'm not I'm not saying that. I mean. There's been instances instances in sports where you've had things like this pop up. I mean, the guy I think about right away is Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson went to jail for three years for rape. And as soon as he got out, got his career back. Like he would, whoop, let's put you in some, uh, some fights. Because people knew that he would draw and he would make money. And he did. He ended up, I think, winning like at least two more of the championship belts before Holyfield got him. 
And then you had the, you know, the biting incident in their second bout. But Mike Tyson, that's a that's a huge one. What about uh, Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant, remember that? Arrested in Colorado for sexual assault. Got his career back. And then some. You know, he went on to win an Oscar. So it's not all over for Trevor Bauer. I mean, I, I don't think his career is over. I really don't. He's, he's getting $22.5 million from the Dodgers. So it's not like he's uh, hurting for money right now. Um, on the field, though, I mean, you can watch his like bullpen sessions that he does in his videos and stuff. I guess he looks good. I don't know, but he hasn't thrown in a major league game since June 28th of 2021. That's a long time. And honestly, I'm sure someone will take a flyer on him eventually. I don't know if it'll be this year. It could happen. Teams will get desperate and say, you know what? Let's pull the trigger. Let's let's sign Trevor Bauer. They'll be able to look past any of these issues and say it's worth it to try and win a championship. I just don't see the St. Louis Cardinals being one of those teams. I really don't. It just does not sound like a Cardinal thing to do. But again, you can have your opinion, and I would love to hear from you down below. Again, I'm not saying Trevor Bauer doesn't deserve to have his career back or anything like that. I just don't think it's going to be with the Cardinals. Okay? Um, but let me know down below your thoughts on this whole thing. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. And again, like I said at the beginning of all this, he's a lightning rod. Because, like, when you watch his videos and stuff, he's so smart. Like, he's so smart. You hear him talking about things, and he knows what he's doing. And, you know, it's a shame that there are all these off-the-field problems because, um, you know, I, watching him pitch, I've seen him do it live, and he's pretty good. Is he still that good? I don't know. I don't know if he will be when he comes back, but eventually he will. But, again, I just don't think it'll be with St. Louis. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 